Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Blaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies, and today we're talking about tongue-tie and how do you know if your baby is tongue-tied, all the different options to do if your baby is tongue-tied. Did you know that people can grow up into adulthood and still have tongue-tie and lip-tie and cheek-tie? There's so many things I didn't know, and now I do. And so when I wanted to learn more about this, I reached out to Robin Kaplan. She is an internationally board-certified lactation consultant, a frequent media commentator, on the topic of breastfeeding and the author of the book Latch, a handbook for breastfeeding with confidence at every stage. She launched the San Diego Breastfeeding Center in 2009 and is an established voice in the parenting world known equally for her knowledge about lactation and her commitment to supporting breastfeeding parents without judging them. It was a fantastic conversation. I really liked Robin. She was so easy to talk to and so knowledgeable. I think you're going to get so much out of this conversation. Before we get to that, just a few things. If you're listening to this and you like what you're hearing, I would please ask you to leave a rating or review on any place that you're listening to this, whether it be Stitcher or Apple Podcast, wherever it helps people find us. Also, I've been doing this now for a little over three years and it has been one of my favorite joys of my job. But I want to hear from you. What topics are there that you want me to speak about, that I want me to find research from? The whole reason that we did tongue tie is because a student asked me about it and I didn't have an answer. So I wanted to learn more about it. So if there's topics that you're interested in that I either haven't covered or you want more coverage of, let me know. You can email me at deb at prenatalyogacenter.com. Or if you have a question and you want your question answered, Again, email me, deb at prenatalyogacenter.com. And then just some busyness I have coming up. Um, We're smack dab in the middle of the Charlotte, North Carolina teacher training. It's going so well. I love being at Yoga One. There's still a couple spots left for the training in January and February at Willow Street Yoga. And then we're already registering people for the spring for March and April back in New York at PYC at Prenatal Yoga Center. And we're starting to get busy for our Richmond for Virginia back at Yoga Source. And then this summer, Caprice and I are putting the details together for, we're going to do a postnatal yoga and I'm calling it teaching the postnatal student and a baby and me teacher training. It'll be a whole weekend in New York City. So nothing like spending an August weekend in the steamy (laughs) city of New York in Manhattan on the Upper West Side. So fun things ahead. And then also just a reminder, my online course, Who's Afraid of the Pregnant Yogi? So if you are either a practitioner or a yoga teacher and you don't know quite 
how to serve the pregnant student in your open level class, or you're already a prenatal yoga teacher and you just want to keep learning and you want to have a different lens, check it out. Who's afraid of the pregnant yogi.com. All right, that's enough. Let's get to this. We're going to take a super quick break. When we come back, you'll hear my conversation with Robin. Enjoy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Robin. How are you? I'm good. Nice to meet you, Deborah. Nice to meet you too. And thanks for waking up. I know you're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. So I appreciate this early morning chat. <laughs> no problem. It, it was easiest because, you know, kids are off at school. It's a quiet house. So figured uh, this is the best time to actually chat. Yeah, I know. My kids are at school too. And I love the quiet house. It's my favorite <laughs> time. <laughs> I guess let's get into this. So as I was telling you before, the reason I want to talk about tongue tie is that one of my students asked me about it. Her son had it. And she she wanted my feedback and I knew nothing. I mean, I knew what it was, but besides that, I had no feedback to offer her. So I thought, yeah. I guess I better learn about this. So I can <laughs> at least point her in the right direction or at least try to speak with, you know, speak intelligently about it. So before we get into all that, I guess I want to hear a little bit about you and how you got into this work. Sure. Um, so I am a teacher by trade. I had um, I taught elementary school for a couple years and did museum education for about six years and uh, knew nothing about breastfeeding, knew nothing about lactation consultants, anything like that. And then my boys were born. I, I, my boys are 15 months apart, so they almost feel like twins, but they're not. But um, with my first son, um, you know, we were in the hospital, we were having challenges breastfeeding and this woman came to help us and she was a lactation consultant and um, we were still having challenges when we went home. And so my pediatrician had recommended a lactation consultant that came to our home and helped us, you know, on our way to overcome those breastfeeding challenges. And so when my second one was born and we were having more challenges than even with the first, um, I had this woman on speed dial. So she came to our house right when we got home from the hospital and, um, and again, was able to provide that just amazing support and encouragement and cheerleading to just really help us overcome those challenges. And so, um, after a while of being a working mom with, two kids, you know, trying to manage that and full-time job, I decided to, uh, find a new career and, uh, and that was to become a lactation consultant. So I opened up my business 10 years ago. We just were celebrating our 10 year anniversary this month. And, um, and so now I'm one of the people and, or my staff are <laughs> one of the people who, um, are, are helping families who are having breastfeeding challenges. And it's been the, job that I have cherished the most, um, of my entire life. It's really phenomenal to be able to, again, be a cheerleader, provide support and education and help families during this really critical time of having a newborn. Um, so it's been, it's been amazing. I love it. Yeah. I put lactation consultants on a very special platform. <laughs> They're on a very <laughs> special pedestal in my heart. Oh, I, I had, 
I had uh, the same lactation consultant with both my kids, and she just she saved me. Like I thought I had it kind of together, and then I just hit a bump at like three weeks out. It was like two in the morning, and I was just kind of having a meltdown. My husband pulled out the notes from our class, and then yeah. I I don't remember if I emailed or texted Andrea, but she was at my house like like ten o'clock that morning, and she yeah. just helped everything. And I love seeing that for those that choose to breastfeed, it can be challenging. You know, it's not, I found it not quite as instinctual as like, here's my nipple, here's your mouth, go. I mean, I got there, but you know, for those that want to, there can be some bumps and, and I'm so glad that there are lactation consultants to support. So I guess let's go into the bump that some of my students have had is tongue tie. I guess um, if you can describe what that is and are there different types? Okay, good question. So um, this is definitely one of those controversial subjects, even though it it really shouldn't be. Um, You know, so everyone is born with a frenulum. Um, A frenulum is a piece of membrane that is underneath the tongue that attaches the tongue to the base of the mouth. And as we are in utero and as we are growing, that frenulum is supposed to somewhat disappear um, and kind of melt into the base of the tongue. And so when, when someone is being diagnosed with having a tongue tie, that means that that frenulum is not only pronounced, but also is causing a limited range of motion. And so we like to actually call it like tethered oral tissue because again, like this whole thing of, oh, you have a tongue tie, you have a tongue tie. I feel like Oprah, you know, (laughs) everybody has a tongue tie. Well, yeah, everyone has a frenulum, but when it's tight and restricting movement that is needed for feeding, breathing, things like that, then it becomes a challenge. So there are um, there are tongue ties, so tethered oral tissue under the tongue. There can be tethered oral tissue under the upper lip, which is often called an upper lip tie. Hmm. And then there are also um, tethered oral tissue in the cheeks, um, which are definitely not as common, but they are called buccal or buccal ties. And that's when like the upper lip or the lower lip um, of the cheek um, is attached. And so it makes it so... That again, that we're we're puckering when we're feeding. Which, if you've ever, you know, if if we're sucking out of a straw, puckering's great. But when we're at a breast or even a bottle, that's not going to um, allow us that full range of motion with the, you know, with our mouth, with our tongue. All right. So jaw. as you're saying this, of course, I'm like feeling. <laughs> Like that little spot at the upper part of my lip to my gum and the bottom. But where does the cheek one attach to? Like the very Um, upper teeth gum area? You know, I I, I have to fully admit I am not a 100% up to date on buckle ties. It's one of those things that's, it's kind of on the newer thing that we're looking for, but kind of like, so if your upper lip, um, that fulcrum part, right, right in the center of your Mm -hmm. upper lip. Um, if you go about halfway between your lip and your, um, the upper lip and where, you know, um, your upper lip and lower lip meet, Mm-hmm. Um, it might be there. So essentially like at one thirty, or, you know, if you're looking at a clock, um, they can be, well, they can be anywhere around there, but usually it, it's kind of midway between, um, the upper lip or the lower lip. You can have both, 
you can buckle ties on the upper lip or the or, or the lower area that is attaching. Essentially, it's kind of pulling the cheek tight. Okay. Now, now of course, anyone listening to this is probably like moving their tongue around their mouth trying I to know, figure out. Right? I'm like, true. okay, I get this. I get this. Yep. All right. I had never heard of that. I had no idea. Yeah. I really thought it was um, when I asked and I researched this. I I saw all sorts of interesting images. Um, yeah. I saw tongues that almost looked heart shaped yep. because it pulled from the center. Um, yep. Yeah, I had no idea there were other types. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Yeah, so, and you had asked about kind of, are there the classification too? Yeah. So when we look at those heart-shaped tongues, um, one of the classifications would be called a type one tongue tie. So it goes all the way to the tip. You can't even stick your tongue out. You can't lick ice cream. <laughs> you know, you can't French kiss. Like that tongue is not going anywhere. Um, and then as the membrane starts to ease its way from the tip of the tongue down to the base of the tongue, then we have like type two, type three, type four. And a lot of people say, oh, well, I have a type four, so it's not as bad as type one. Actually, that's not true. It, again, what we're looking at is how does it restrict mobility? So sometimes we'll have a type two or type three tongue tie. So, you know, we see that sail in the baby's mouth or, or, or an adult's mouth when they lift their tongue up, but their tongue, it's nice and flexible. Their tongue reaches the roof of their mouth. They can turn their tongue side to side, all that kind of can create wave-like motion with their tongue, you know, when they're drinking water or, or having breast milk, you know, things like that. Um, and sometimes those ones that you can barely see are so tight, it's like a thick rubber band and it just nails the tongue down to the base of the mouth. So just because we can see it doesn't necessarily, you know, it, or it's more pronounced when we're looking at it, doesn't necessarily mean that that one's going to cause you more trouble than the one that's harder to see. So then how does a parent, because everyone has the little friend alone, how does a parent even identify that their child has tongue tie because if they can still stick their tongue out and have mobility, how would they even know that it's limited mobility? Good question. So limited mobility can present itself in multiple ways. So one of them, first thing I always look at is when the baby cries, does the tongue shoot up to the roof of their mouth? If it's not, then we know that, okay, well, why is it not doing that? Because it should. Um, And not just the tip of the tongue, but like full elevation, we should see tongue lift to about mid of the mouth or higher. So if it's hanging out down by the bottom gums, um, then we want to take a look under there and see why is it not lifting. So that, that would be one thing. Um, but it, the, the typical signs would be um, latching challenges. So um, baby needing to use a nipple shield at the breast. Even if mom has flat nipples, we don't nipple feed, we breastfeed. So um, if the baby's not able to get onto the breast and keep it in, in the mouth, 
then we want to look for a tongue tie or a lip tie. Um, so needing, you know, needing assistance to hang onto the breast, um, having a difficult time removing milk from the breast. So mom has a decent or great supply, but the baby can't get the milk out. Um, or, you know, baby's causing damage to the mom's nipples when feeding. Um, the mom's nipple looks pinched when the baby comes off of the breast. Um, you know, those, those are some kind of typical signs, um, gagging when feeding, choking when feeding. So, um, if I have a a client who says, I have such a fast letdown, um, but the baby's actually not transferring that much milk. It's actually because the baby's having limited range of motion with his or her tongue. Um, so th those are just some of the reasons. However, I do want to put a very important caveat in there. Mm -hmm. um, if babies are showing these challenges, it doesn't just mean they have a tongue tie. And I feel like that's where some of the challenges have come out and it being called a fad. It's because it's like, if anyone shows any of these signs immediately, everyone's like tongue tie, tongue tie, tongue tie. Well, a baby could also have limited range of motion with their tongue or choke when feeding or cause nipple damage um, based on how they were sitting in utero. I mean, you know, you know, being you're a yoga instructor, correct? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you don't have good mobility in your body, everything is impacted. So sometimes it's just that the kiddo needs a couple weeks to unwind <laughs> from being in that position. And it's not actually a tongue tie that's causing challenges at all. It's just like tightness in the neck based on the fact that they were cockeyed in utero. Yeah, it's or from like torticollis or just yeah, tightness? Yeah, torticollis or even just being breech or yeah. needing, you know, um, a vacuum assistance to get out. You know, there are lots of reasons why a baby would be tight. So that's one thing I just want to be really, really clear that when we're when babies are showing these signs of difficulties with breastfeeding, we don't, it's not always a tongue tie. A tongue tie should be assessed, but we also need to look at the whole picture and see, well, how did this baby enter the world? What were they like in utero? You know, and what, you know, are they asymmetrical? Like, and again, so you had asked, how can a, a parent identify this? Parents shouldn't have to identify this. This is when you want to go to someone who specializes in not only the mouth, but also the whole body. So a lactation consultant should be able to do a full oral assessment, but also look at how does the baby look? What, you know, tell me their story to see, is it, is it a tongue tie or just, we need some body work. Yeah. And that's why I've had some students do a uh, cranial sacral work with mm -hmm. their babies. If they've been having latch problems, especially yeah. if they did a vacuum, um, yeah. we don't have that many forceps around here anymore. Um, uh, but yeah. like when they have that pull and we know that can affect the jaw and yeah. that's going to affect latch. I, I think exactly. it's sometimes there's a missing step. Now, when we step back and look and like, well, that makes logical sense that if they're being yeah. kind of sucked back from the back of the head, that can affect the neck and jaw. But somehow yeah. I think people don't always then relate it to than nursing. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, I mean, if everything is pulled back, so if you have, you know, you have suction that's pulling the head in either asymmetrically where, you know, it's on like the right or the left side mm -hmm. or symmetrically in the back, but it's yanking everything back, then the tongue and the neck are pulled in that direction too. And, but when you feed your tongue and your jaw need to come forward. So if you have like opposing forces there where everything's getting yanked away from moving forward, right. Um, it can cause temporary challenges. Yeah, and I think um, sometimes people have those challenges, just not connect the dots yeah. and then think, oh, you know, I guess maybe I'm not producing enough milk or it's just not working. This wasn't meant. And then, it, but it, 
you know, again, I never want anyone to feel badly if they're hearing this and like, oh, sure. I did that. But, you know, for others that might be moving forward, just to connect that, all right, this happened in birth or in utero and we're having a difficulty. Let's look and see, is there any mystery that we can solve? And then I love the idea of body work. Yeah, so and I that love can, body work. And that can just save someone a lot of frustration, um, mm-hmm. the baby and the parent, <laughs> about yeah. how to go about this. So as a lactation consultant, so you come into the picture, someone's saying, hey, I'm having some difficulty baby and I aren't latching well, something's going on, then how? Then you start to look at their mouth. You, what's the next step that you do to help? Yeah. So um, at least, and I can only speak for our practice, but okay, I do yeah. feel like this is, you know, pretty common. So, um, so we put some gloves on and we do a full oral assessment. So we check it with our hands, fingers, and baby's mouth. We look at tongue lateralization. We look at tongue lift. We look at tongue sticking out. We look at sucking. So can they, will, will their tongue hold suction on my finger while they're sucking when I pull down on their jaw? So, you know, babies don't suck with, you know, their mouth all small, like on a finger, they need to be able to open up their mouth. So we're looking at how, how effective their suck is. Is it too strong? Is it, does it need assistance to improve its strength? Um, and then we, you know, we sweep around the lips to see if there are any any tightness that we can identify, um, there as well. Um, and sometimes the lips are tight even without ties. Um, it, again, it's just the musculature needs to relax a little bit. Um, and then after that, we put the baby to, we help, or we watch, you know, the parent put baby to breast. So, you know, depending on how much assistance the family needs, we'll, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get in there. Um, and then we watch the baby while the baby feeds. So what does the movement look like? Does it look chompy? Is the baby able to open his or her mouth widely? Um, is it rhythmic or are they suck, 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 fall asleep, suck, 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 fall asleep, you know, or are they gulping like crazy? So we just, you know, we watch the whole we watch parts of the feeding. So during letdown or when letdown needs to be, um, initiated, things like that. Um, and then we weigh the baby after the feeding before and after the feeding and see how much the baby takes in to give us an understanding of milk transfer as well as, um, as mom's supply, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then we help them come up with a plan based on what we notice. Um, and so kind of walking through the parent through the entire process, um, so that, you know, they, they're able to make an educated decision on what they want to try for the next couple of days to the next week. And then after that, we help them kind of modify it after that as well. So could that plan, does that plan always need surgery of some no, sort or, okay, so no, what, what are some, cause that's what I've, uh, the few people I know that have had that have had some, and there has been two types. One of my friends had laser surgery and one mm-hmm. just had some sort of little clip. I'm not really sure. So yeah. if you can talk through that, but if they don't go the surgery, surgical route. How do you resolve it? Just, um, is it position? You said sometimes it could be tight. Is it trying to massage and relax? Then uh, we talked about cranial sacral. How as an IBCLC do you go in without having to do any like surgical intervention? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on, it depends on the situation. I mean, if it's clearly obvious that this is causing a challenge, then we're going to recommend that they consider having the tongue tie released sooner rather than later. If it's inconclusive, if there are more pieces of the puzzle that need to be whittled down, um, then we'll ask the parent what they want to do. And usually they're, they want to try the more, the least invasive method. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there are lots of lactation consultants who have, um, had more extensive training, um, myself being one of them in, um, oral exercises. So, 
you know, identifying where the tightness is in the, or the limited range of motion going on and offering the parent different exercises that they can do at home to help them relax those areas and, and get more mobility. Um, honestly, tummy time does not get enough praise. Um, therapeutic tummy time, getting your baby on their bellies. Um, the first two weeks, tummy time is on the chest, on parents' chest. But after that, on their bellies, on the floor with, you know, a rug or a carpet, blanket, whatever, um, and getting your baby, getting that pressure of their body on the front part of their body on the floor. It Lifting their head up and turning side to side is going to remove that tightness in the neck, in the jaw. And so it's the same reason why we do sun salutations, <laughs> you know? Um, it's interesting. Tummy time has, I mean, when you watch a baby in tummy time as they progress, it literally is like watching a yoga class. Oh, yeah. They're doing, like, I love that. They're doing like their own little baby they cobra doing, and they push I, up more. Yep. They even do like little planks. I have many a picture, <laughs> of yes, course, exactly. of my son doing yeah, all of this. Exactly. And so, they're excellent and yoga. So if you think of why we do yoga as adults, it's to open up the body and relax those muscles and get more flexibility. Babies on their bellies are doing the exact same thing. So we usually, if parents, if, if it's, if it's inconclusive, you know, at the moment of whether a release would be helpful, um, and the parent would like to try and, or the parent would like to try a least invasive way first, we would recommend body work. We would recommend therapeutic tummy time. We would recommend, um, oral exercises if that's something that, you know, the lactation consultant is well-versed in, um, Sometimes families will do chiropractic um, or meet with an osteopath, you know, and just see if there are ways to create more mobility. How um, is it therapeutic tummy time different than just hanging out with your baby on, on your baby's tummy? Good question. So most people, when we think of tummy time, we think of placing babies directly on their belly and then walking away to do the laundry, <laughs> right? Um, and then, or they say, I put my baby on their belly and they cry within 30 seconds. And that was our tummy time. Therapeutic tummy time is a method that's been created by someone named Michelle Emanuel, and she's amazing. And um, so there is this wave of tummy time where you start the baby on your chest, and then you move them to their back, and then you roll them over, and then you lay down next to them, and you engage with your baby. So, and if the baby's having a difficult time turning to the right, you do exercises to help, you know, encourage that look to the right. Um, you know, but it really, it's a mat therapeutic tummy time is a way of parents and siblings connecting with the baby in a way that will allow the baby to stay on their bellies for a little bit longer. Um, and usually when we do this kind of wave-like motion with laying on the back, rolling over to the belly, then rolling back on their back when they start to get frustrated and lift them back up, this kind of movement um, is less jarring to their system than then just picking them up and plopping them on their belly. Mm, no, this is so. exciting. I hadn't heard of that. And I actually oh. I made a note to okay, look on her YouTube channel. She's phenomenal. She's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to reach taken, out. Absolutely. Yeah. I've taken several trainings from her and she's like, it, it seems so silly because you're like tummy time, of course, but like her work is mind blowing. Oh, I look so forward she's, to She's changing the world with tummy time. Good. So, no, um, it's very important. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to learn more about her. So if a parent has having a hard time breastfeeding and says, okay, I'm just going to go straight for bottle feeding. Does it show up? Does tongue tie show up differently bottle feeding than uh, breastfeeding? Question. It depends. Um, just like some kids with tongue ties breastfeed just fine. Um, sometimes babies with tongue ties bottle feed just fine. Um, oftentimes if 
if the range of motion is limited to where it's causing challenges with bottle feeding, we would see spilling milk out of the side of the mouth, um, feeling overwhelmed by the flow of the bottle, or having a difficult time removing milk from the bottle, um, lots of gas and air being taken in while bottle feeding. But again, that's not always the case. Um, So it's just one of those things where if that's something that makes the most sense for that family, we want to make sure that then the method in which the baby's being fed is is comfortable for the baby. And if bottle feeding is challenging as well, then um, then it's it could mean that having the tongue tie released would make a big difference, even with just bottle feeding. All right. So my mind's going in two places. I definitely want to talk about the surgeries, but I'm also now thinking if someone can breastfeed and bottle feed with tongue tie without a problem, can someone grow up having tongue tie and not know it? Oh yeah. Everybody. So, <laughs> so lots of people, yeah, lots of adults have tongue ties and they, they may know a little bit or they may not know about it. They might get it released when they, or, you know, upper lips or tongue ties are often released. Um, during tonsillectomies. They're released before braces are put on. Um, they're released if there's sleep apnea. Um, and again, we're looking at limited range of motion. So if you don't know you have a tongue tie or a lip tie and you don't have health problems, then you probably have really good range of motion. Um, but other times it presents itself in different ways. Um, it can present itself um, in the way that the jaw and the palate is shaped. Um, just because if the tongue is not lifting to the roof of the mouth, it's not shaping the palate. Um, and so oftentimes, you know, um, Children or adults who have really, really narrow palates uh-huh. um, and need palate expanders and stuff I like that. I had that. I had a palate yeah, widener. I always want to. Yep, yeah, I want to look under the tongue and see. Hmm. Well, why? Why didn't your palate expand? Um, oh, this is so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, like I, I, I really caution families into going down the rabbit hole of the what if, what if, what if. Um, you know, if things are going okay, but what if things present as a challenge later on, then you address the challenge at the point where you feel you're ready to address it. Would it Um, affect speech? It can, especially those ones that go to the tip of the tongue can absolutely um, increase the risk for um, challenges with speech. Um, But it it really, again, it it all depends on how affected the mobility is. I find it amazing that people can grow up with this and not realize it. Like my daughter has some speech stuff going on. So of course, as I was researching this, (laughs) we're sitting at the table, I'm like, can you stick your tongue out? (laughs) I'm like, how far can you stick it out? Can you move it all around your mouth? But it's one of those things that if you don't know, it could just, you kind of just think, all right, you know, it's just some speech issues or, oh, it just doesn't feed well. Or, oh, my nipples just aren't going well into the mouth. Like it's just how, it's one of those things like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that this, I think, has received like fad status at the Mm -hmm. moment is because there are just so many more families attempting to breastfeed again. I mean, we have generations of families that breastfeeding was not part of the routine. It just wasn't the norm. And so bottle feeding tends to be easier for kiddos with, um, tongue and lip ties, not always. Um, but it can be. And so a lot of this just kept going on and no one really talked about it. And now that we've kind of moved towards a community of kind of revitalizing breastfeeding, um, it's just kind of showing up more and it's being talked about more because these are the kiddos who, you know, 
a few decades ago, they would have been like, well, then just bottle feed them. If well, also, going well. if breast, yeah. if now that we're breastfeeding more, the breastfeeding person, the new parent is going to feel pain on their nipple where if they're bottle feeding, yes. they don't have that feedback. Like, oh, it's baby's a little drooly when they feed. So yep. if it's affecting the new parent painfully, then they're going to recognize there's a problem. So I think that can exactly. be some new feedback too. So I'd love to hear, this is where I was kind of de- deciding where to go, but let's talk about about the surgeries because I know okay. if we can go into the pros and cons and the different types of surgeries. Sure. Um, so in all honesty, there really aren't too many cons other than your baby's going to be a little fussy for a couple days, but your baby's also fussy when you give them a vaccination, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it, it's not one of those things that, um, I think should be too much of a con, um, because the pros typically outweigh that, um, you know, the, the pros would be that you might have a, you know, the hope would be that your baby is going to feed more effectively and use their tongue more effectively, not only during infancy, but also throughout the rest of their lives. Um, I think the challenge is, is that, um, if it's not released effectively, so if it's done like halfway, <laughs> we release the sail, but we don't release the rubber band that's mm-hmm. underneath the sail. Um, then all we're doing is creating more compensating mechanisms. And so you're not going to get the pure benefit of it. Um, and I think that's one of the challenges that we're running to in, into as well, is that with so many people now releasing tongue ties, um, but without really extensive training on it, we end up with these subpar releases. And so we have a lot of families and medical practitioners saying, well, why are we doing this so much? Because it's not helping. But I think the the issue is, well, it's not helping because it's not being done as effectively as it needs to. So Mm -hmm. there are two different methods. One is not better than the other. It's all in the hands of the practitioner who's using the method. So there are tongue ties that are released by scissor. Um, and so, and upper lip ties released by scissor. I do have to, my, my personal point of view, um, and this is not to represent my, my profession. I do like laser on the upper lip instead of the scissor only because the the upper lip is really vascular and it bleeds and the laser cauterizes it. So I I do like the laser. Um, if a baby does really have a significant upper lip tie, I, I do prefer laser, but Again, like I mentioned, that is just my personal point of view. Um, for tongues, I would say um, either one. So scissors going to do essentially a snip or two to kind of just release that front, that tightness and that frenulum. A laser instead, um, it, it almost looks like a pen, and it it just pulls back on the membrane. And then again, as as soon as the up, as soon as the tongue lifts, then the practitioner knows that they've released enough, and they stop. Um, the laser does tend to bleed less because it cauterizes the wound. Um, so that, that is a benefit of it, but again, it, it is all in the hands of the holder. This is so great. Cause I think some people might just not know what to do and feel overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, I'm going to snip my baby's tongue. I'm going to I put a laser, but it sounds like it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's, a, it's very fast. It's an in-office appointment. It'll be done within 30 seconds to a minute. Um, with the laser, I know that they, again, for the practitioners in San Diego, I know that they, um, put a numbing agent on it. So there actually is no feeling during the procedure. Um, and then scissors, it's kind of, 
up to the practitioner, um, whether they, at least in San Diego is all I can speak for. Um, sometimes they numb it, sometimes they don't. How prevalent is tongue tie among newborns? Cause I can now imagine that we have a lot yeah. of people listening and they're like, Oh my God, my baby might have tongue tie. Yeah. You know, it, it is really inconclusive. I have seen percentages that say four to 10%. Um, I've seen other that say 25%, again, affect mobility of range of motion. Um, but it's hard to say. And again, as a lactation consultant, like I'm only seeing people who are having breastfeeding challenges. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing the ones who, you know, it's butterflies and rainbows. Um, and so obviously in my practice, we see, a, a, you know, many of the people that we see, um, their children are dealing with limited range of motion due to, you know, tethered oral tissue. But, um, but again, my view is skewed because I'm only seeing the kids that are having yeah, challenges. Problems. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. So I would say somewhere between 10 and 25%. That's a lot. So this is, you've is. really given people some good things to look out for. Um, and that can hopefully help find remedies earlier than later to help with frustrations on both parts, on the baby's yeah. part and on the parent's part. Absolutely. And one of the things that I sent you that I, um, I would imagine you'll put in the show notes, Mm -hmm. um, is, um, like a handout that we have that goes through, you know, our essentially listing the challenges that might be going on to help a parent see like, okay, we're, we're, we have a couple things that are listed here. Maybe we should go get things looked at. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I will absolutely 100% put that in the show notes for people to look at because I think, you know, the more knowledge we have, you know, we just don't know what we don't know. And I'm sure many people just thought, oh, baby's having a problem. Let's try a different thing. Is there anything about tongue tie I haven't asked that you think is relevant? (laughs) Because I I did try to dive deep into my research. Yeah. No, you did great research. Um, No, I mean, I think, I think just keep in mind that when you're asking someone their opinion about or their assessment of how feeding is going, um, you want to make sure that the person who is assessing it has had extensive training in it. And so some lactation consultants have not had extensive training. Some lactation consultants have had, you know, hours and hours of training on how to assess how a tongue is moving. Um, and same goes for pediatricians, osteopaths, chiropractors, you know, everybody you want to ask, you know, if they're offering an opinion about whether a tongue tie is in play or not, and is it affecting something or not? You want to ask, you know, well, how much, how much education do you have in this topic? Because if you think about it, you know, we, we have a lot of families who will see multiple practitioners and then they finally come and see us and they're like, well, he said this, she said this, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, I don't know what to do. And there are too many cooks in the kitchen at mm-hmm. this point. Um, but you know, that one practitioner maybe has no, you know, they, they're a general practitioner, so they don't have extensive training in this. It's the same practitioner who they wouldn't do open heart surgery. So, you know, they would send you to a specialist. So you want to make sure that the person who is providing you this really important information about how feeding is going is truly a specialist in their field. And if they're a specialist in their field, they're not going to be that person who is going to just say constantly over and over again, tongue tie, tongue tie, tongue tie, tongue tie. They're going to look at the whole picture, do a full assessment, both digitally and at the breast, and offer multiple options with 
goals of like, okay, if this hasn't resolved by one week or two weeks, then we've eliminated some of these um, variables and therefore we're able to really kind of whittle down what the challenge is. Um, does that make sense? That, is, that makes so much sense. That makes yeah. so much sense. Like how do you, and X, I was writing it. That wasn't one of the questions I asked her. I was writing the note down to make sure I put it there. It's like, how to assess the opinion of the care provider you're consulting. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't, don't just take it as, oh, you are in the white coat and you are the doctor. Yeah. Therefore, like, yeah, ask, is this your, is this your specialty? Have you seen it's this exactly. a lot? How, you know, yeah, I love that. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. And or, just because they've seen it a lot doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's a specialty. Because, right. That's true. You know, it, so really just like, what training do you have in this? Because a lot of times the practitioner will say, oh yeah, you know, it, oh, the tongue tie doesn't seem to be causing any challenges. Your baby's gaining weight just fine. But the kid has terrible reflux. The mom's nipples are, you know, there are lots of other pieces of this. And we're like, but they have never actually watched the baby breastfeed or they never actually put a finger in the baby's mouth to t- assess for range of motion. And so we have to remember that, you know, there are general practitioners and then there are specialists. Mm -hmm. And so really seeking a knowledgeable professional to do a full overall assessment um, is going to give you the most information when you make to help you make the choice for what's going on. Yes. I love that. Cause like I had sent a lot of people to pelvic floor PTs and I remind them yeah. your pelvic floor PT is different than just your sports PT. Yeah. So yeah, really honing in on that specialty because you'll probably get better um, support and, and information. All right, we're going to take a super quick break. And when I come back, if you can share one tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new or expectant parents. And it can be anything. You have a lot of, of knowledge. So <laughs> anything in your in your wheelhouse. Right, I'll take a quick break. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, we're back. What have you decided? Oh gosh. So this is, I, this is a hard question. I'm usually like, can I have 10? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I think, I think my, my best tip that can, that I can offer is to, well, it's, it's kind of, it's a little, they're connected. So, um, take a breastfeeding class while you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Don't know what you don't know. And when you're in a breastfeeding class, you'll learn what normal is, what normal looks like. And therefore, if what's going on after your baby's born doesn't fit the picture and what you saw, then you know that you need to seek additional support. And that's kind of the second piece of it. Support is critical for all new parents, but especially ones who are having breastfeeding challenges. We were not meant to do this on our own. We were meant to breastfeed surrounded by people who have breastfed before who could offer this advice and guidance. And we're just not, we just don't have that in the United States. And so, and many other developed countries. And so what we end up with is people trying, families trying to figure this out on their own and not meeting their goals because they they didn't have the additional support that would have been beneficial to help them meet that goal. So 
taking that prenatal breastfeeding class, maybe finding a lactation consultant in your community while you're pregnant. Not necessarily that you have to establish care with that person, but just so you're not Googling someone or yelping them, you know, three 30 in the morning while you're crying your eyes out, like do your research prior to having your baby. And then that way, should you have challenges, you know, the breastfeeding support group to go to, you know, the lactation consultant to reach out to. So that way you can then have someone to hold your hand through this process. Oh, yes, 100%. And we have all that at, at PYC, at Prenatal Yoga Center. We established that. So people, and interesting, we try to have, um, not try, we have our breastfeeding and caring for newborn teachers in IBCLC. And then she's awesome. also on the other side for the breastfeeding support. So they awesome. take her class and then there's a, a confidence that if there's any sort of problem, we've had people literally with babies that are like a week old show up and they already know um, Ayala and they just feel confident with her. And I just think it's so important to have that person on speed dial so they can help you. Oh, I love that you said that. So where can people find your work? Uh, So let's see, we, we have a website which is San Diego breastfeeding center.com. Um, and on our website, we, for those people who live in San Diego, we do consultations for families who need it, um, and run support groups and things like that. For those of you outside of San Diego, um, we do virtual consultations. If you don't have someone um, in your area, I always recommend having someone in your area assess a situation first, just cause they can be hands-on. But virtually, we can help with that as well. Um, We have a blog with over 350 articles on it. So some articles on tongue ties, but obviously lots of other articles as well. Um, I have a book called Latch, a handbook for breastfeeding with confidence at every stage. So that's a a nice book to read while you're pregnant or even throughout that first year. Um, We have lots of social media. So we have Facebook which is, you know, San Diego Breastfeeding Center, same as Instagram, same as Pinterest. Um, And what else do we have? We have an online course for families going back to work. So if if a breastfeeding parent is looking to maintain their milk supply and as well as being a, 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 helpful employee or, or boss, <laughs> um, had to, had to manage the two of those and, and really prepare for that transition. And I'm sure that I had a, I had a podcast way back when called the boob group. I know that that information is still out there on new mommy media. So about a hundred and so episodes, um, like you had mentioned, you didn't know much about tongue ties. So you just interviewed someone. I used to do that. Oh, that was like my favorite thing. I'm like, I want to learn more about this topic. I'm just going to find someone so I can ask them all my questions. No, that's actually but, my favorite thing about doing the podcast. Yes. I, I love it. Like right now, um, people have been asking me about postpartum hormones and I know a fair amount, but I'm like, Ooh, I need to find a guest that I yeah. can go deeper. Cause then I get to I, research. I know I'm such a, I'm such a geek that way. Yeah, I loved it. That was my, I know when people are like, how do you know this information? I'm like, I don't, I interviewed someone who was a, you know, who's an, an expert, expert in the and, field. and it helped me. I know. So exactly. I guess it's a little selfish because <laughs> totally, totally, I felt the same way. So, um, I think, I think that might be it. How oh. people can find me, but, um, but definitely we have all the links on our website. Yeah. And, and I'll make so. sure it's all in the show notes. I wanted to thank you. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me to be on the show. I really appreciate it. And your sensor sounds amazing. I wish we had something like that in San Diego. Oh, I hope someday you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for your time. Enjoy your day. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.